If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Toiletries and very essential things you need battle the long queue to finally pay only to be told. <laughs> You can't pay to a merchant number. The way that thing they pay, eh? But with Vodafone Cash, there is no problem. Now, on Vodafone Cash, you can pay all merchants on all networks. Easy peasy. And you straight. And you direct. And you shout. From your Vodafone Cash wallet to any merchant number on other networks. So, whether you are buying provisions or fuel, medication or food, whatever the service or need, just pay conveniently from Vodafone Cash to any merchant number. Simply dial star 110 hash to make payment to Merchants on other networks today. Vodafone. Easter only at Electromart. Free Samsung air conditioner. Big cash discount. Up to 30% discount. Free Bluetooth speaker. And more only at Electromart. Buy a Samsung QLED TV. And get a free Samsung 2.0 HP air conditioner. Up to 30% discount on Broom Smart Inverter Air Conditioner. Free LG Bluetooth speaker with every Panasonic Smart TV. Only at Electromart. Go or WhatsApp 0552-7554. Awesome is not enough when you can amplify it. I mean, way up. If your phone doesn't have a 5,000 mAh battery that allows you to use it from morning to night for two days, or a super fast processor that makes you stream, download, and game at high speed, or a 50 megapixel camera that allows you to take stunning photos even at night, or a 6.6 inch FHD plus screen that brings images to life and expands your view, <laughs> then you need to amp your awesome. Get the new Samsung Galaxy A14 and amp your style, your speed, your play, your power, your game, and your awesome. Visit any authorized Samsung store and make it yours today. Samsung Galaxy A14. On news night in the next 60 minutes, civil society, civil and local government staff union fight fair wages and Salaries Commission's decision to conduct payroll audits. We tell you why Clocksack insists the Commission should rather concentrate on fixing inconsistent pay structure in public service. We are in charge of negotiations. This is not their mandate. So for us, we don't see where they are coming from. It is not their mandate. It's not their business. Huh? It's just it's consultancy for their guru boys. But the Commission insists it's part of their mandate. But it's become very imperative as part of our mandate to make sure that we are able to do this exercise, not as an event. It has to be a continuous process. So, 
Also tonight, Attorney General accuses Minority Leader Dr. Kesela Tafosi of being criminally reckless in the ambulance transaction as he urges an Accra High Court to order him to explain why he should not be jailed for causing financial loss in the state. We have details for you. Plus, Kumasi Traders Association strengthens surveillance against on-site cooking in the Kajetia market after another trader was arrested for cooking in the market just a week after 30 shops were ravaged. One of the, uh, our members called us that he has spotted a certain woman who has set up a fire using a culprit. He informed the fire service personnel. We arrested a and in business, Fetch Ratings set conditions for further upgrade of the country's credit readiness after moving the country's credit on Ghana's local bonds to restricted from restricted default to triple C. And in sports, Black Star defender Mohamed Salisu is the only fitness concern ahead of Ghana's game against Angola. We'll bring you an update from the team's final training session currently underway at the Raya Sports Stadium. And later. So who is in and who is out? Tonight we take a look at the list of aspirants, parliamentary aspirants, who succeeded in making it over the line, vying for parliamentary slots as the NDC closest nominations for parliamentary primaries today. We have some exclusive interviews for you. You want to stay with us here on your election headquarters. Tonight, the Civil and Local Government Staff Association of Ghana have clashed with the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission following the Commission's decision to conduct a payroll audit at the time public servants are agitating over inconsistent pay structure. Well, Clocksack says the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission have had the priorities completely wrong. The Commission in the statement directed heads of public sector institutions to conduct internal payroll audits to identify and expunge any existing fraud or anomaly. Now, the Commission warned of severe sanctions for banks in receipt of fraudulent salaries and allowances. Uh, here's my colleague, Elton Brobe. He has details. We embarking on a nationwide payroll monitoring exercise in collaboration with relevant stakeholders from April 1. And in line with the exercise, is aimed at sensitizing, uh, sanitizing the public sector payroll by identifying and expanding any existing fraud and anomalies on it. To this end, the Commission increased all board, councils, and head of public sector institutions to conduct their own internal payroll audits and clean up ahead of that exercise. By this communication, also, banks and individuals in receipt of fraudulent salaries and allowances. I also advise to take steps to refund same and cease from further fraudulent practices or face the full rigors of the law. Well, Executive Secretary of Clocksack, uh, Dr. Isaac Bampuado, says the commission lacks the mandate to carry out the intended payroll audit, accusing it of soliciting jobs for its middlemen. To the best of my knowledge, and the Fair Wages hasn't got that mandate. Fair Wages hasn't got the mandate to do payroll audits. 
We have institutions that is their responsibility to do payroll audits because what they have outlined shows that they want to do a payroll audit and they don't have that mandate. So I don't know where how they're going to do it. What what who is giving that, them that authority and from where they are drawing this mandate to do this exercise? If you look at their statements. Even the two, the paragraph two, is saying the collective bargaining processes. They are, they are to do negotiation. So I don't know where they are drawing their powers from. They claim they have the power. They are. They, they don't they're... have. When you read it, they don't have. The uh, Federal and Science Commission, what capacity do they have in terms of accounting and internal auditing? This is a pure internal audit in their function. They don't have the mandate to the best of our knowledge. This is not negotiation. And this idea of ghost name goes to go to. We've heard it too much, too much. We have permanent department units under Minister of Finance doing biometric all in the name of ghost name. We have validation where a third party they are doing validation for salaries all in the name of ghost name. Consultants that have been awarded in the name of ghost names, they are too much. They should change their strategies more. We are fed up of this every time ghost names. Who has been prosecuted in this country, in Ghana? Of having put ghost names into the, in the onto the payroll, they should tell us what should interest the fair wages. It's inconsistencies in differences in public sector salaries. That's their job. That's their job. Where, where, what do you are they saying? I don't know where they are. Who gave them those functions? I don't know. We look at their law. Even what they are quoting, they say collective bargaining processes. They are in charge of negotiations. This is not their mandate. So for us, we don't see where they are coming from. It is not their mandate. It's not their business. Huh? It's just it's consultancy for their guru boys. Let's speak to the Chief Executive Officer of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, Mr. Ben Arthur. Uh, Ms. Arthur, thank you for your time here on Newsnight. Do you accept you do not have the mandate to carry out this audit? Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. And let me say good evening to your listeners. Uh, I'm sad to hear my good friend, uh, Dr. Bampo, refer to payroll monitoring as job or consultancy work for Goro Boys. Uh, unfortunately, Fair Wages staff, are not grow boys. And let me put it on record that we have very decent people, uh, men and women of integrity and fair wages to work with. So let nobody refer to us as grow boys. But going back to the mandate, uh, I'm referring you to the Fair Wages and Salaries Act 2007, Act 737, which is on the internet. Anybody in the world can download and read. And I'm reading to you here in section. 3B and the functions of the commission. To achieve its objective, the commission shall be develop and monitor allowances. I'm repeating, develop and monitor allowances and benefits of public servants, blah, 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 blah. So what my friend quoted is that he only referred to the G, which also has monitor in it, coordinate, manage and monitor collective bargaining processes. Now, when you are the entity, who has developed salary structures for implementation. You have led negotiations. You have determined uh, allowances and benefits, and it's being implemented. How then can you say that you don't have the mandate to go and monitor to ensure that those you know, agreements are being respected? It's the same union that comes back to say that, look, uh, the employer, government, is not respecting certain uh, agreements that are pay disparities here. And quite recently, you had some... Uh, portions of organized labor liaising with other people who said they had done research and they brought to your own studio talking about pay inequalities and disparities here. How do we get these things addressed if nobody is interested in doing payroll monitoring? 
organized labor and government, I mean the Trapatad uh, community in 2002 met at Kowu and had a declaration. We signed a communique that the time has come to see to it that the single spine pay policy and its structure is reviewed. And if you remember during the last negotiation, it was even a key issue to be addressed. So if we are implementing a policy, we are implementing a structure that has been developed by fair wages, you know, for implementation. And you say that we do not have the mandate to step out there to monitor. How do we then get the necessary input to make sure that it's enriched? When it comes to monitoring, you must, you must understand that it is possible that somebody must be at, say, level 24. But the person is not enjoying that level. The person is placed at 22. It's the monitoring exercise that will bring to the fore all these disparities for us to correct them. So bottom line, this is in the interest of the CROCSAG and its members. To that individual, this will be a very fine opportunity to have face-to-face encounter with those implementing it to be sure that the right things are being done. So okay. that is the way forward. But we have the mandate. Okay, you, 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 you stressed that and you've quoted a law to back this. Thankfully, your good friend, as you described him, uh, Dr. Bampuado, joins us on the line right now. Mr. Bampuado, I'm grateful that you could join us. You just said your, your good friend explained the boss of uh, Fair Wages that one, they have the mandate, but ultimately, this is in your interest, your association and your members. Hello? Hello, Dr. Bampuado. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Th- this is in your interest, the uh, boss of the Fairwage says. You see, um, 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 let me explain something. Number one, um, we are all public sector institutions. And in the public sector, we go by circulars, not in a, a public notice. If you want to communicate, you communicate, not, don't go out and then do a public notice which is not even dated. You know, there's even no, the public notice that I'm seeing here, there's even no date. Any circulars. You are writing to an institution, you write a circular uh, to the institution, this is all you can, but you don't go and then go and publish something in the public notice and then you expect everybody to go by it. In the first way, that's wrong. That's not what you do in the uh, uh, public service. Number two, what we are saying, what is outlined here, it is a payroll audit that you are trying to do. And we have institutions that are mandated to do payroll audits. The fact that you are fair with exercise does not mean that you do, uh, uh, there are systems and controls, you do everything about pay. You have to negotiate. We, in every system, there are controls. You cannot uh, bring a policy and then the same person you go and uh, implement it and then the same person you check uh, it. It's not done that way. Every system has got controls. Yes, you have negotiated for this policy. There's someone who there whose job is to ensure that the systems are working. And that's a payroll audit. How many accountants and auditors do you have at the Federal Exercise Commission for them to uh, uh, go and do this exercise? This is a pure auditing accounting fashion. And that is not their mandate. If you look at the letter, they say individuals in receipt of fraudulent salaries and uh, this this pure audit. How many auditors do you have at for you to carry out this exercise? That's what I'm saying. He quotes. You don't have the capacity. How many auditors do you have? How many accounts do you have at Fair Exercise Commission? Which agency do you believe is properly close to do this? Internal Audit Agency, you have uh, Accountant General, you have Audit Service. This is their role. 
But Dr. Bampado, he quoted the law, which he, with the Fair Wages and Salaries Commissions Act 3B, Act 737, and it says the, the commission developed the monitors about and allowances and benefits. You quote it well. You quote it well. Is he saying collective bargaining processes? That, that's a, the, that's a heading for that section. In the law itself, section. we have hello, salary hello. differentials. That does God's body breached. Hello. You see, but you go down to his public duties. He's talking about fraudulent salaries and allowances. Hello. And this is a role. Ms. Alpha, give me a give me a second, please. I'm listening to you. Ms. Alpha, give me a second. Your line is very faint. Sorry, um, Doctor. Yes, I wanted to. Ms. Alpha, I know you do. Please give me a second. Just let your your good friend land with his point, and I'll come back to you. Yes, Ms. Bampado. Yeah, so what I'm saying, we have institutions, public institutions, who is due to, is to do a pay, payroll audit. Payroll audit is not a mandate of, in a, 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 a sorry, the size commission. Ms. Alpha, please. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that uh, we have this opportunity to talk. Look, uh, I will refer Mr. Bampo and like to look at Section 3, he is referring to Section 3G, where the mandate, one of the mandates is to coordinate, manage and monitor collective bargaining processes. That's not what we're referring to. We're referring to Section 3B. I must admit that it's been a mandate of fair wages all this while, but it's been done in very, very small scales. There are times that fair wages have joined hands, you know, with other institutions. Currently, we've signed an MOU with internal audit agency to do this joint monitoring. The, the mandate here, is develop and monitor. What my friend is talking of is he's he's talking of the issue of manner, the manner of the notice, and he's talking about capacity and the, but these things do not speak to the mandate at all. At all. But but do how you many, but do you have the mandate? Do, do, you do have we have in Ghana statistical service <laughs> as as employees there? But yet they are able to conduct census. <laughs> so that is not the issue at all we have the capacity to do the work that we have been assigned to do and nobody should doubt that okay. we have that capacity to do that you, you said and we that are not saying that we are going to take away anybody's uh, mandate in fact for the others when it comes to audit service it's everything about an institution when it comes to internal payroll uh, sorry internal audit it's everything but when it comes to fair wages we do not have mandate on any other matter with the exception of compensation. So we cannot go into an institution and go and find out uh, what they spent their money on, whether they bought uh, 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 two, two bags of sugar or whatever. We don't have that interest. Ours is basically to monitor the allowances and benefits that have been developed for implementation. And we want to be sure that what have been agreed to as what must be paid, what the benefits are, are the ones that are being implemented. But, but, but the so notice... That these are challenges. Yes, we so will you not can have fix it. But the notice... I must be quick in adding that organized labor in the uh, together with employers association and government sign even a communique at COU saying that the time has come to review the public pay policy. If you don't do monitoring... All the disparities that organized labor and individuals have even complained of, how do we get them addressed? Yes, I mean, you mentioned that earlier, and I need to clarify. Mr. Bampuado reads out your notice, and in your notice he says you actually want to check 
ghost names and people who have been possibly paid when they don't deserve it. Is that the real focus of this? No, but of, of course, if you do payroll monitoring and you have found out that people are not supposed to be on the payroll, what do you recommend? You definitely have to recommend. If you read the point five, we did not direct. We said that we are entreating. We are entreating. We are entreating. And if my, my English is correct, entreating is very different from directing. We said we are entreating. And, and they, if okay, I have so, to so say, case, we are entreating. Okay, so, so and the, we said the, that by this communication, we are also advising, advising those who are in receipt of fraudulent salaries. And I'm telling you, if you have nobody who has received fraudulent salaries, if people are at peace, with what they are doing, why the fear? Okay, Ms. Afa, you well, say uh, you, 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 said, you, you said entreating and advice. Can they then choose not to cooperate with you? Also, advice to take steps. Ms. Afa, it's an advice. Ms. Afa, <laughs> yes, can, they, can they choose not to cooperate then with you? Yeah, if anybody chooses not to cooperate, our report will be sent accordingly. <laughs> well, when are you beginning? And, when, and, when? And, and the point is, why would you allow and permit? that fair wages should lead in collective bargaining processes, in determining allowances and the rest. And when there's time for us to monitor to be sure that what we have agreed to must be implemented, you want to tell us that you will not permit us? When are you beginning your audit? We, we, sometimes organized labor comes to us with very genuine yes. concerns. Saying that we are, I'm, I'm coming, let me learn. These are very sensitive matters. Government agreed to this. Uh, we agreed that this should be implemented by this day. We agreed to implement this pay structure. We agreed to do this. And that government is not respecting it. Now we want to be sure that all these things that brew into agitations will not brew into agitations any longer. Mr. so when are you beginning the audit? Hello? When are you uh, beginning? Uh, no, the background works and engagement and the data gathering and analysis started even... Uh, last year, and we are still doing that. But the the third work will be in first week of April. Thank you. And it is not an event. Okay, it is so a day-to-day -day function of fair wages. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur. Um, Dr. Bampardo, will you cooperate with the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission? Hello, Dr. Bampardo? Oh, we've, we've appeared to have lost him. We need to get him back to get clarity on that, because as you just heard there, the uh, the head of the Fair Wages Salaries Commission says this is treating, this is advice, and they, he, he almost seems to suggest that uh, they have a they have a right not to cooperate if they so choose. Um, I, I need to get the clarity from the uh, clocks Act if they will cooperate, ask their members to fully cooperate with the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission. I wonder, are you a, a public servant? Are you a member of Clocksack? Um, what do you make of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission's uh, uh, you know initiative? to do that payroll audit. You've heard your union leader raise concerns about it. Share your own individual thoughts. Do you agree with your union leader if you're a public servant? Or you side with the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission? Um, hopefully, if we can, raise uh, uh, Dr. Bampado, but we'll get clarity whether he will extract his followers and his members to cooperate fully with the work that the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission has begun. You're live here on News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. And shortly, we'll hear from the 
uh, Attorney General uh, who has been uh, speaking uh, and detailing in the case that he has against the minority uh, leader. We'll get details of that. But in the meantime, I want to take you to the northern regions where residents of part of the northern region are tonight accusing officials of the northern electricity distribution company Netco of deliberately installing faulty meters in the area. The residents say the new meters consume faster than usual, which makes it impossible for them to get their money's worth. Netco is embarking on the mass replacement of meters in the city but the residents have resisted it. Earlier today, a combined team of military and police personnel deployed to the premises of Netco to follow a planned demonstration by residents uh, had it tough doing so. Now, some residents have been speaking to correspondent Martina Bugri. This is before it came. Uh, what we are to last us, uh, we are moving digitally. So because we are moving digitally, this meters will help us even when you are going to buy meter anytime you are powerful. But what we got to know is after they installed it, almost every week you have to buy power. We can't just say like 100, you can use 100, uh, 100 CD for a month. No. Even though some of us has, we, we stopped even using our fridges because of this transaction. And anytime you go there, they try to explain to you and talk about some kilos, uh, kilograms or kilowatts. We don't even understand. This meters is not helping us. Simply because they said it has serious charges. It has serious charges. And apologies for that uh, bad sound quality uh, from the northern region where today has been pretty tense as Netco also began their own uh, campaign to replace faulty meters but also replace those ones that uh, had been connected illegally. When we get more on that, you will know. Attorney General Goffred Yabadame is accusing minority leader uh, Dr. Keselato Forcing of being criminal criminally reckless in an ambulance transaction when he served as deputy finance minister during the John Mahama era. Now, uh, Mr. Dami therefore wants the High Court to order the Dr. Forcing to open his defense and explain why he should not be punished for causing financial loss to the state. The minority leader and two others are facing charges over the purchase of 30 ambulances declared to be unfit for purpose, despite the state paying more than 2 million euros. Legal Affairs correspondent Joseph Akable uh, joins me right now on the line with more on this. Joseph, at what stage is this case? This case has been pretty controversial. Is it close to being concluded? Depends on how things pan out on March 30. Uh, the prosecution led by the Attorney General has closed its case. Five witnesses, including uh, the current Health Minister, Kwekwajima Menu, a police investigator and an official at the Bank of Ghana, have all testified in support of the Attorney General's case. Uh, the substance of the case against Dr. Forsen uh, has to do with some two letters that he authored. One was to the Bank of Ghana and another to the Controller and Accountant General. Uh, the AG says the one that was written to the Bank of Ghana had asked that it establishes letters of credit for the supply of 50 ambulances amounting to 3.95 million euros. Uh, this represents a 25% of the contract sum while arrangements were being made to sign the loan agreement in favor of the company that was supposed to supply the ambulances. Uh, now, the AG says uh, this particular letters that were written for the letters of credit to be established were contrary to the terms of the contract which required payments to be made after pre-shipment inspection. He's also alleged to have written to the Controlling Accountant General authorizing the release of the sum of 
um, a little over 800,000 cities to the Minister for Health to enable him pay the bank checks covering the cost establishing the letters of credit and related services. Dr. Fawson disputes this, I believe. Mainly the effect of these letters, whereas the AG believes this conduct amounts to reckless negligence as a result of the subsequent uh, loss from the defective ambulances received, uh, Dr. Forsen holds the view that the letters of credit do not constitute payment, aside from pointing out that he wrote those letters as a deputy minister on behalf of the substantive minister for finance. What happens next? The court will deliver a ruling on March 30, and this is a ruling on whether a case has been made against Dr. Forsen requiring him to be invited to explain his side of the story or risk being convicted of the offense of willfully causing financial loss to the state. And so Dr. Forsen's lawyers have made a submission of no case, uh, which when upheld, it means that he works a free man and the case comes to an end. On the other hand, if the court holds the view that the AG has met the minimum required threshold, it will mean that he would have to now either go into the box or call on witnesses to testify on his behalf uh, to justify why he should not be punished for the alleged offenses. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Akable, uh, for those details. You're still live here on News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. And remember, this is still your election headquarters. Well, it's past 5 p.m. and the NDC has closed nominations now for the parliamentary primary set to commence in May. Many across the country have picked up forms. Many have returned, but some may have failed. And tonight we're beginning to learn who made it over the line. Let's bring in now um, a member of the political desk who's joining me in the studio right now as we go through some of the key names we're expecting to return forms have they done so have they succeeded to to get the party to put them formally on the list to be vetted someone bura is with me in the studio do we know uh, when exactly the vet on the parliamentary primaries uh, by the ndc will begin now that we know it is over right evers um, that the NDC actually instructed their MPs to stay in Parliament um, because of the CI before Parliament on the EC wanting to make the um, the um, the Ghana card as a requirement for uh, voting in the 2024 elections. So because of that, they told them to stay in Parliament. They should suspend all their um, activities in the constituency. So uh, as a result, they have postponed it by one week. It was supposed to be next week, but because Parliament is still in session, we understand they will be uh, rising by 31st. So once that is done, they will communicate the date for the vetting exercise. Look, there were some very interesting names picking up forms. Yeah. And let's start with the one that has generated a lot of interest, the, the two actors yeah. who happen to be best friends. In fact, they they happen to be, you know, groom. They, one of them was the other's uh, yeah. best man yeah. at a wedding. I'm talking Fred, about Fred Nyama and, and John Dumelo. Yeah. Today, there was some controversy where Nyama issued a statement claiming that he's been frustrated and that somebody was plotting uh, to make sure that he doesn't get to file his nomination so that he loses out of this. So then, uh, the assumption is, his very good friend, the man that he said as the best man for runs almost on a post. What has happened? So I, I'm told that he has been given the opportunity to uh, file his forms manually. Uh, initially, there, were, there was a challenge with the electronic um, filing of the nomination. So about uh, 
uh, 40 minutes ago, I spoke with the constituency executives and I was told that issue has been so rectified. So this is the uh, Ayahuasca constituency. But John Dumela, I'm told, has been able to go through with um, the, the filing process. Okay, and this is a very interesting race that two men best friends exactly. now exactly. at each other's throats because of politics. Uh, stay with me because I want to bring in another very big name that dropped out of the uh, leadership when it comes to the Ghana Medical Association. He was a general secretary there. You've heard him many times uh, me talking to him on this very show, Dr. Titus Bayo. Uh, he picked up forms, indicated he wants to run. Has he dropped out or has he returned the forms now and is he formally now on the list? Let's hear from the man himself. Uh, Mr. Bayo, thank you for your time here on the news tonight. Have you returned your forms? Good evening, Evans, and good evening to your listeners. Yes, I can confirm that I have submitted my form so I've successfully filed. Oh, successfully filed. You're expecting now to be vetted? Yes. Um, so, indications are that three of us have filed successfully in my constituency. So the next step is the vetting process. And I'm very confident that I would go through. And then uh, we will then meet up with a delegate. But I'm hopeful that the delegates will give me the nod out of the three. Okay, uh, great. So there are three people who are coming up uh, to contest you. Uh, Titus, since you dropped out of the leadership of the GMA and uh, you went, um, I wonder how your colleagues are reacting to you now And because I, nobody saw it coming. I didn't. Yeah, I think um, the reactions have been mixed, but mainly and uh, mostly supportive. Most of my colleagues are really happy that I've taken this decision because they think that um, we have to participate actively in the governance of our nation rather than sitting on the fence and uh, also judging by my performance in the medical association the kind of leadership i've offered a lot of people have sent me messages congratulating me and thinking that i'm well capable to represent uh, my constituents if given the nod um, and as you can see i don't i'm not the only doctor i didn't know that before but then I, it turns out that quite a number of us... Yeah, more than are, a dozen. More than a dozen, now. yes. And I've all picked up. I'm, I'm grateful, uh, Titus, and all the best in your vetting. And uh, we'll see you on the other side once you're confirmed and cleared by the vetting committee and you become a, a full candidate. Now, uh, another uh, interesting name that popped up in the last uh, few days has been Nanoye Bampuado, um, who, uh, who has picked up forms for the Adenta constituency. Um, has she filed now? Is she formally now in a race? Yeah, she has uh, finally filed her nominations and she's expected to be vetted. As of when the party communicates the date for the vetting exercise. Uh, and today also, uh, so that's for the parliamentary, there are many more returning. We'll, we'll, we'll put it all together for you in a report in the subsequent bulletins. But in the presidential race, um, there was another uh, filing today uh, to run for the NDC flag bearer. Yeah, so Kojo Bonsu, the former mayor of the um, Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly, is uh, also came with his uh, entourage from Kumasi. They were mostly market women who said that at, uh, during his tenure in office as a mayor of the Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly actually helped them build some markets. They think that he's was leaving the, uh, I mean, leading the NDC. A reason they followed him to the um, party headquarters here in Accra to support his uh, filing of so he's number three, the third person to file for the presidential race. Um, and the, the last person uh, would be um, Dr. Kobna uh, Dufort tomorrow. Um, there. So uh, he is um, actually saying that um, he's coming into the party or he's coming into the race with the mindset 
of um, rebranding and rebuilding uh, the party. He titles his um, entire campaign as a pamphofro. If you say a pamphofro, I know you understand I what exactly. No what <laughs> <laughs> I am going from bottom up approach so that all the branches will be involved in all that we do. And this would attract a lot of people. And that is a new presentation. I'm going to rebuild and rebrand the party. I'm a branding expert and everybody knows that. So all I'm going to do is rebuild and rebrand the party for it to be more attractive to people. Yesterday when John Mahama picked his, uh, returned his forms and yeah. filed it, uh, he came with an entourage of uh, Kaya Ye. Yeah. As it turned out, they were giving 20 CDs. They were very, very excited exactly. as they exactly. were mobilized from the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Today, uh, Kojo Bongsu also came with market women? Yeah, these were traders. They told me they were sent by their leaders from Komasi, and they are solidly behind their son, Kojo Bongsu. They say that this is a time for someone from the Ashanti region to represent them. Uh, if the NDC doesn't elect Kojo Bongsu, then 2024, they should forget it. They will not get any votes. We want everyone to know that Kojo Bonsu is competent to lead the NDC. If he is not elected, we will not vote for the NDC in the Ashanti region. We are market women from Kumase, and we are here to show our support behind Kojo because he has developed the region. Under his tenure as mayor for the Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly, he builds markets for us, and this is the time for us to move. So we have been delegated by our market leaders in the Ashanti region to support his filing of nomination. So what happens tomorrow? Um, the nomination is close. Yeah. Filing nominations will close for the presidential as well tomorrow. Exactly. That's what the party tells me if uh, nothing changes. So uh, Dr. Dufo is expected to file uh, his nominations tomorrow uh, with his team. And after that, the party will not now communicate uh, the next step. But I'm told that the vetting would be next week. So from next week, they'll start the presidential vetting. Okay, uh, thank you very much, Samuel in Bora. And uh, some of you are joining us with your thoughts on the stories you've heard so far, particularly uh, the controversy uh, over the payroll audit. This one from Joseph, Dr. Joseph Brenya, uh, says there is a difference between monitoring and auditing. Uh, Fair Wages and Salaries Commission has a mandate to monitor to ensure the salaries agreed upon are implemented by authorizing institutions. However, auditing is done by mandated organizations. Payroll audit is not the responsibility of the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission. He says also, uh, this has no name, but it says, please ask the boss of the Fair Wages Commission to allow the audit service and the internal audit agency to audit the allowances that they enjoy. And why other civil servants are not enjoying same? Um, that's what the... Uh, uh, you see, and this is to generate a lot of interest, obviously, because it has to do with people's salary. So there's more I'll share with you after George is done. George, we're going to audit your salary. Because <laughs> 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 you, uh, I like your laughter. You like you laugh oh, in capital letters. Oh, no, like no, no. I mean, it's interesting. Should. I mean, uh, depending on who it to be disclosed to, I mean, it's not a big deal to do an audit and see what I take yeah. home. Okay. Like whether uh, it carries me home or it just carries me to Legon or somewhere else. Oh, I know it takes you far home <laughs> into your bed. Ah.
What do you have in the headlines, George? Well, Evans, coming up in business, Fitch ratings set conditions for further upgrade of the country's credit worthiness after moving the verdict on Ghana's local bonds from restricted default to triple C. And some business groupings and associations kick against key revenue measures set to be tabled for parliamentary vote as government races against time to secure an IMF board approval for its program. Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. See the plenty money you are carrying this early morning. Adeyin. Mm, Charlie, he'll have he do what? As for you, you wait and listen to all the information before you start carrying money up and down like we are in 1995. The he there, it has come. But you know, MTN will always find a way to sort you out. Ah, sort me out, Jesse. Oh, so you don't know that when you transfer money between your personal accounts, cash in and cash out at agent points, buy airtime or data, pay bills, receive remittance from abroad, or even pay taxes, there are no e-levy charges? Hey, we are sure. Listen, there are a number of transactions you can perform with your MTM Momo that are not affected by the e-levy tax rule. Hmm. And there's even more, Kra. Remember your first 100 Ghana City transfer for the day. It's free too. Hey, Nami Nimo. <laughs> now, dear, you know. There are a number of transactions you can perform with your MTN Momo that are not affected by the e-levy tax. So keep enjoying the security and convenience with MTN Momo and make payments on the go with MTN Momo. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 764101 Who doesn't have a key? A car key, an office key, a draw key. But there's one key that rules them all. The house key. The key to a place we call home. The key to the home where everything comes together. The key to a home that is our own. A home where we make life happen with our families and loved ones. Adoha has been working hard for over 30 years to make home ownership within reach for many. Say yes to property with Adoha. Your dream home is one call away. Your dream home is a few clicks away. Visit our Accra project, The Place, by calling 030 
Chris Hilton's first game in charge is happening this month and it's live in HD on DSTV. The senior national team will play a cramped two-leg Afcon qualifier against the Palancas Negras of Angola on the 23rd and 27th of March. Catch all the stars like Mohamed Kudus, Inaki Williams and Thomas Party as they shine for Ghana. The game will be shown live on Super Sports Variety 3, Channel 228 and it's open from the access package. Reconnect or stay connected on Star 759 Hash to enjoy the action live on Super Sports. DSTV, it's your moment. Welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, ratings agency Fitch has indicated that it will upgrade ratings assigned to Ghana's bonds further if steps are taken by government. Now, this was captured in a statement issued by the agency after it moved its ratings on Ghana's local bonds from further default, that is restricted default, to triple C. There is more in this report. Fitch and its report noted that this review will be based on the government being able to reach an agreement with its private creditors when it comes to its foreign debt. The rating agency also maintains that this will be dependent on the finance ministry completing the restructuring process when it comes to Ghana's donors and bilateral creditors. And it's not clear for now how that will impact programs that government is undertaking to help fast-track the recovery of the economy. Finance Minister is currently engaging its external creditors with the hope of closing a deal with them, which is expected to have impact on Ghana getting programmed from the IMF. And that is a business tax report. Now, some business groupings and associations are kicking against the three key revenue measures that government is pushing to get parliamentary approval. Now, parliament is actually planning to take a decision on these taxes, that is the Income Tax Amendment Bill, the Growth and Sustainability Bill, as well as the Fiscal Sustainability Bill. Now, a council member for the Food and Beverage Association, that is Joanna Woni, maintains that the tax in its current form will lead to the collapse of some firms. We are strongly against the passage of these bills, not because we do not want the government to raise revenue, but because the private sector, which is the engine of growth of the country, failing generally, and we cannot take any further. We are dealing with increases in various, and we cannot bear this again. This is just going to send whatever efforts that the private sector put in place back. It's going to push us back. Council member of the Food and Beverage Association, John Awini, related development tax consultant Francis Timoboy, says that the oil firms may have a case in their opposition to the growth and sustainability bill that government is trying to push through parliament. In their companies, they may decide to accept it, though it is in the contract that you don't have a right, either as a country or as an as a operator, to change the terms and the conditions of their agreement. Mm. But it appears that we never did an engagement. And so for me, I've, I've stated a position that it's, it opens up for possible litigation. If they don't accept it, they may say that you are breaching the contract that they've signed with you. And I think that the earlier we engage them, the better. Maybe they may decide to forego their rights and accept it and possibly come to rescue the, the situation in which we find ourselves. But to unilaterally impose it on them because we have the power to impose it, I think it's, it's, a, it's a sign for, for them to, you know, litigate. 
And Francis Timoboy is a tax consultant responding to concerns by the Ghana Upstream Petroleum uh, Firm, that is, the oil exploration and gas firms, indication that they could uh, resort to litigation over government's attempts to introduce the growth and sustainability bill. Let's look at uh, other stories. And uh, the Ghana Real Estate Development Association has uh, charged members to endeavor to deliver quality homes to protect prospective clients. Now, Vice President of the Association, Cynthia Oponi, was speaking as a special guest at the launch of uh, Seven, a project by Arando Project and Consult, a community 25 here in Tema. She has urged the company to tap into the expertise for this project. So we are here to applaud and encourage Elrano Projects and Consult to say that do go ahead because you're going to reap the benefits of your hard work. We are here to encourage you to use your expertise, both marketing and building technology, to see how you can deliver quality housing that will serve as an icon along the coasts of this country. And it's going to be a beacon to others. It's going to provide a template that others are going to emulate in the delivering of housing units. You are managing director of Arano Project and Consult, Reverend Elvin Lakai, believes the partnership is an important piece that is missing in the real estate industry. Now let's look at other stories. And Director General of the Cybersecurity Authority, Dr. Albert Inchibuesiako, has indicated that government decision to regulate the cyberspace is aimed at creating the right environment for cybersecurity professionals to operate. According to him, licensing professionals in this space will ensure that the right practices are actually upheld. He was speaking at the CISO summit today. As we gather here for this summit, it is important to highlight the rationale and the benefit of the accreditation of cybersecurity professionals because that is one of the most important things. And I believe that uh, this fraternity belongs to us, one of the main focus of regulations of the authority. Like any serious profession, ladies and gentlemen, there is a need for regulation. While the industry bodies like ISACA, uh, IIC Square, continue to play a significant role in promoting cybersecurity skills development and standardization, there is a need at the national level to regulate individuals, irrespective of which industry body they belong to. The creation of cybersecurity professional will guide further development of the cybersecurity profession in Ghana and will make it possible to create a necessary incentive to develop the profession. Director General of the Cyber Security Authority, Dr. Albert Injibuesiako. And that's all uh, for business on the news tonight. And even the U.S. Federal Reserve has actually raised their interest rate by a quarter of a percent. And at a time when that action is impacting on some banks in the country where some have even gone down, they still insist that they have to do it to try and check inflation. So, well, the regulators are sticking to their guns. And we'll be looking forward to what the Bank of Ghana they will also be doing next what Monday okay, when they the finish reviewing the health of the economy, whether they'll hold the rate or they'll increase it. Very interesting. And, and remember that also tomorrow is when Parliament considers those the, three, the three key bills, revenue bills. measures. Uh, have you heard anything from the... the <laughs> a lot of things are happening, but China because the uh, finance minister. Should, yeah, a lot of things are happening. To know yeah, a lot of things are happening. Yeah, will yeah. depend yeah. on that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. And just what the speaker is saying, that a lot of things are happening. I mean, the good thing is that government is being forced to jaw jaw and negotiate. Yeah. You know, now it's no longer about the majority having their their way or whatever and having their say. Mm. You have to jaw jaw 
and negotiate. I find a, a, a common uh, ground on this. Uh, George, thank you very much. And talking about that, you're right. Today in Parliament, it, this these negotiations delayed sitting and it forced the Speaker to explain to the uh, rest of the House what was happening. Uh, Alban Babing had to inform the MPs that the leadership are still negotiating a key uh, outstanding matters in Parliament. President Akufado's ministerial nominees are yet to be approved as well as some key revenue measures still outstanding. Ahead of the crucial day tomorrow, a parliament sat more than three hours late with a speaker explaining it was due to some negotiations behind the scenes. We're compelled as less to take some time off, try to discuss some very thorny issues pending before the House. We haven't resolved all, but we are hopeful that very soon it will all be resolved. And so we apologize for keeping you waiting up to this time. The House should have commenced business at 10, as we usually say in the forenoon. Let's take Parliament where NDC MP for Bursa South, Dr. Clementa Park, says President Kufuado's directive uh, to the CID to investigate some Galamse claims uh, by former Minister uh, for Environment and Science and Technology is odd. In a viral interview with state broadcaster GBC, Professor Frimpon Boateng claimed there are MPP and Jubilee House officials who are neck deep in the Galamse uh, menace and connived to force him out as minister, but speaking to Joe News, Dr. Parker argued that the referral uh, by the president is simply an attempt to shield truth. Professor from Pom Watin, his stature, his position, and his previous role in this whole fight vis-a-vis -vis the comments that he has made clearly indict the presidency, the government, and officials of the MPP. But my disappointment is that a matter like this where the executive and the party that gave birth to the executive is being indicted. You do not entrust the investigation into the hands of an agency of state or an institution under the direct supervision of the executive. So I would have wished, and I am still calling for, an investigation to be conducted by a body that is independent of the executive. In this case, the Office of the Special Prosecutor or the Commission for Human Rights and Administrative Justice. And I say so because for the past six to seven years, we have seen instances where agencies under the direct supervision of the executive have conducted investigations or are even in the processes of conducting investigations for the president himself to make pronouncements clearing his appointees his colleague MP for Boehm, uh, Kofi Adams, insists the public inquiry uh, will resolve the issue. There should be serious commitment from the very top, the rivers that are being destroyed all over. The plant, that's the, the fauna and flora that is being destroyed to the extent that even the state was allowing mining in a forest area like reserve areas like Atiwa Forest. I just hope that it will not be another plan to cover up. Maybe, you see, Galamsey's situation has gotten to a point where I don't think that we should be hiding our investigations. Professor Frimpong Watin was not recorded secretly. He spoke publicly. I would have wished any hearing, any investigation would be done through a kind of a commission of inquiry. There is evidence in the various 
communities where these Galamse activities is going on, that Galamse is still happening in the forest. It's happening in our water bodies. What are we doing? Parliamentary correspondent Kweku Asante is on the line with me. Uh, Kweku, um, we lost Kweku there. Uh, we'll bring Kweku back. We'll need to get clarity on the uh, what the speaker talked about, the negotiations that are currently happening to try and get a deal ahead of tomorrow's uh, crucial day in Parliament. But I want to take you uh, to a major story that broke last week uh, at, at the at the, at the mine uh, where the community members uh, ransacked the Golden Star Wasa uh, Limited. We'll get into that pretty shortly. Kweku is on the line with me. Kweku, uh, quickly, um, tomorrow is a D-Day. We had a speaker talk about negotiations that have been happening. Uh, is there a deal that will ensure that these three bills are passed tomorrow? Uh, I understand then before Parliament took um, an attendment to meet again tomorrow was that there was still no um, agreement. The Speaker, in his word, that they were close to reaching an agreement. In terms of the specific details of this agreement, we do not know yet. But government side is still trying to work through this night to be able to reach some agreement, some compromise for the minority, have some sort of an agreement as to what each side can get in terms of all the agenda and the key issues that are, that are before Parliament before tomorrow. And if that is not happening by tomorrow, then each side will be willing to use their numbers to get to the point where they get what they want. But as of now, one our understanding is that there's no agreement between the minority and the majority leadership on the ministerial nominees, some of the tax bills, and all the other important matters that are before the House now. Thank you very much. And the government's goal for oil policy may suffer setbacks if mining companies are uh, protected from incursions by illegal miners. That's the sentiment of the Golden Star Wasa Limited in the wake of an attack on its Benso operational site by Galamseyas last week. According to Group Corporate Affairs Manager for the company, Gerard Boache, the site will remain closed for at least a month and this will impact on the company's contribution to government's goal for oil arrangement. He was speaking to my colleague Samuel Kojo Brace during a tour of the site. Okay, so so in terms of the destruction caused by this burning of properties at your Benso site, how does that impact the production of the company? Well, if you understand um, our production cycle, Benso contributes to the total production of the company. I could say about a third of what we get from Benso goes into our total production. So with Benso not working or not operating, not bringing in ore for about a month or two, that impacts greatly on our total production for that period. And I can tell you that there's so many things that will be impacted. I mean, we may be paying some people for without them doing any work or we may have to. Um, people might be at home with no work. Uh, contractors whom we've signed contracts with would, through no fault of theirs, but we need to keep them on a retainer or whatever it is. I mean, there are several dimensions. The most important one that as a that as a, uh, uh, that would Im- would be impacted is the government's gold for oil program. Mm. I mean, every company is supposed to contribute twenty percent of its annual production to be bought by government. And part of it is what they use for the Gulf program. The details, I'm not sure. But what we mining companies know is that we need to contribute 20% of our production. Now, if this production has gone down, obviously, it stands to reason that our contribution to this gold for oil um, program or gold to, to, to support our uh, reserves is going to be impacted through no fault of ours. Mm-hmm. 
you know so it is important that if there were there are elements like mining companies that support the national economy or national economic policies it's important that there are ways that we enjoy some sort of protection or support so that that national support would not be impacted unnecessarily mm. by some of these actions mm. let's look sports now Ms. Bao is here with the latest hello Ms. Bao. hello Evans well Chris Eaton trained with 24 players in his last session at the Barrier Sports Stadium ahead of the 2023 Afghan qualifier between Ghana and Angola. However, Salis Abdul Samed arrived in camp on time to join the training today. My colleague Steve Zando of Lava FM has been monitoring Ghana's last training session and he came through with this report. The Black Stars of Ghana held their final training session at the Babayara Sports Stadium around 5 p.m. today. Chris Houghton had a near full house after Salis Abdul Samed became the last member to join the group. But the Irish revealed in his pre-match conference that defender Salisu Mohammed is the only fitness doubt in the team, and so he was not part of today's training session. However, goalkeeper Joja Walakot was part of the training today after recovering from the minor setback yesterday. This obviously will excite many Ghanaians. It was an intense training session as Chris Hilton rehearsed with the team's series of tactical structures for the game against Angola tomorrow. The Angolans, we are told, are now expected to train at the Babayara Sports Stadium at 7 p.m. after arriving late in Kumasi than initially communicated. In Kumasi, the anticipation level is on the high for the game tomorrow with the Stars hoping to qualify for their 10th consecutive AFCON tournament. But the coach at his pre-match conference stated he cannot guarantee a win tomorrow, but they will try and leave their hearts out on the pitch tomorrow to make Ghanaians proud. Steve Zando for Joy Sports. Thank you very much. And that's it for news night tonight. And guess who is here with me, intimidating me? Wow. Because she's always strong and sassy. I'm the leader.